Hello friends, enemies, humans, and other. Welcome to Avoiding Entropy. I am your host, Tumultuous. And this is a podcast where we talk about a bunch of different things. Well, when I say we, I mean I talk and you listen, if you choose. And it has been that way simply because I haven't thought about having a guest on this, although podcasts are pretty trendy for doing that. This was more of a log to myself and to anyone that wants to listen as to what the heck I've been doing with my life for the past, I don't know, six months. And I gotta tell you, now that I think about it, six months is a long time to some, it depends if, no, it depends on what. To a mosquito, it's uh, like, let's say like 180 lifetimes, maybe a little more. And to a sycamore tree, or a shark that lives for almost a thousand years. It's a, uh, a wet fart, six months, you know? So I think I'm gonna change this up a little bit and have a guest on my podcast. I've reached out to a couple of people that I think would be interesting to talk to as well as share those talks with you. Um, because as much as I love to talk, I don't like to be bored, which is why I usually stick to talking to myself, sometimes into a microphone, because I never get bored. And if someone else does, then they can go, uh, you know. I'd like to talk about the nativity scene that the Vatican put up this year, as well as a passage of the Bible, and then a couple of uh, facts about the human mind, or brain, rather. The Vatican's new nativity scene, I haven't really given it too much uh, detailed insight, but I don't think it needs any because it's pretty quite obvious what it is and what it depicts. It uh, obviously is Jesus, Mary, and Joseph in the manger with the thing. But one of the figurines is an astronaut. Um, and if you don't think that's an astronaut, then I'm sorry, but I remember you're not looking at the same thing. It's a man with a helmet of glass or a clear helmet over his head. And he's holding something strange, and there's a whole bunch of symbolism there. Then the woman is blonde, and she looks something like that uh, depiction of the alien that the French sculptor did. There's a French sculptor that took the video of Apollo 20, or the latest Apollo, and fused um, a comic book cover of a moon city, and then made a um, statue of an alien woman, and they called it the Mona Lisa of the moon. That was a hoax and it was a fake, but it was a good one because it took reality and then embellished upon it. So the Pleiadians apparently are a race of Nordic aliens, which is another name for them. And they look very much like human beings, except for apparently they all have blonde hair, blue green eyes. So basically the race that all of a sudden after coming back from Antarctica, Mr. Adolf Hitler was bent on creating or recreating. So yeah, let that sink in for a second. (laughs) Um, So basically the Vatican is trying to say that, although they say, please, well actually I haven't read the Bible this year either. I don't know how much the Vatican or the Bible tells you not to believe in aliens. Everyone that believes in Jesus Christ our being Lord, our Lord and Savior, who, by the way, whenever they say that, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, 
you could automatically assume that they haven't been to church in about six months, but probably should go and need to go. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. And all those believers would tell me that that's not true. In fact, I know a couple of religious people that uh, were born religious but are no longer religious that are from South America. And I tried talking extraterrestrials with them and they wouldn't have it. But it's interesting how it works because at first they were completely dismissive of me and started calling me crazy and I'm stupid and all these things, which I'm normally used to already, even without I'm not talking about extraterrestrials. But I take it as a compliment at this point. So, and then little by little, I told him to watch certain things and uh, he starts to believe some of it. Well, not believe it, but, but understand it. For instance, I told him about AI, I told him about robots, I told him about things like this, and he's like, okay. He still calls me a crazy Martian, but at least I'm getting somewhere. People like that don't believe in extraterrestrials because they say that the Bible says they don't exist. Well, what if the Vatican, who is pretty much, I would say they have a city legitimately built upon the Bible, if you could say that, were to come out and say, hey guys, guess what? Listen, we're really sorry. We know thou shalt not lie to your believers for hundreds of thousands of years, hundreds of years. But we did. We're sorry. We're going to say some Hail Marys. We're going to con confess and we're going to forgive ourselves. This is the problem with disclosure. Everyone thinks it's going to be this gigantic, monumental, pandemonium-causing event. What people don't realize is that disclosure has been happening this entire time. It started happening in 1980-something with the release of the movie Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. Now, oh, I'm sorry, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Spielberg, right? So apparently Spielberg was visited by some aliens. And then right after that, the Spielberg was visited by other aliens that looked the same, but they were much meaner. And they yelled at him and they mistreated him and he made him very, very scared. And apparently that is the tactic that the government employs when someone is actually visited by extraterrestrials, or is abducted by extraterrestrials, or is contacted by extraterrestrials. They make sure to follow up with their own form of visit, abduction, or contact, and whatever they did to him or that, her at the time of the abduction, that is actual extraterrestrials, the government makes it worse. So if the extraterrestrials abducted you and they told you that, hey, listen, everything is going to be okay. We know what's going on. We're here to protect you. And, you know, thank you very much for reaching out. We're sorry. You know, here it is. If you ever need us, will be here and they give him a little CB radio or a little like little thingy that he can have in his pocket to one commemorate the event two to contact them should he need anything and etc etc so Joe Schmo gets blows back home doesn't tell anybody about it now he's sitting there with this little blinky and he's thinking about what he's going to do with it all of a sudden the door swings open and the same abduction happens again and it's the same aliens that look the same way they did before but now they're kind of grumpy and they're yelling at him and instead of giving him this little thingy, they take it from him and they say, you're not worthy of communication with us. Forget it. Everyone's going to have to, you talk about this, everyone's going to think you're crazy. The government's going to deny you and you're going to lose your whole life. And then they send him back. So the government, when it visits him, not only does he take his, their little transmitter thingy, now that the guy thinks that the extraterrestrials are actually evil, so... With Spielberg, apparently the same thing happened. They took him, they talked about it with him, or at least he saw them, and then the government gave him another visit. But this is Steven Spielberg, although he was younger at the time. The government said, listen, pal, you want to make movies? You like making movies about this? 
fine, make a movie, but make it this way. Because mind you, if they told everybody in 1981 that aliens exist, there would be pandemonium. If they told everybody in 1969 during Woodstock that aliens exist, there would be pandemonium, but it would be more of a party than a, oh my God, the world's going to end. You see, the government, in my opinion, doesn't pick the perfect time to do these divulgences. Like when you're at the peak of hopelessness and there's nothing left in the world and lots of people are dying for no reason, a.k.a. the Vietnam War, that would have been a good time to tell people about the aliens. But they didn't know enough about them to divulge that information yet. So they started leaking them slowly through movies and through the media. Everything. Because if, as we know, there's a lot of big companies that own all of the media. These six or seven big corporations that run the world, essentially, buy media. That's actually true. You could actually look that up. That's public information in the uh, who owns what section of Google. Just like you can see that the U.S. Navy carries a patent for anti-gravity propulsion. Now, why, oh why, would the Secretary of the United States Navy need a Google patent on the propulsion that's anti-gravity? Well, because if somebody comes up with that before him and puts a patent on it, he can no longer own the patent to the object, right? And why would that be a fear of his? Well, because obviously other people know about it. Just his man Caesar that events, quote-unquote, all these things, is the first one on the jump. So... It's public knowledge that these companies own the world, and it's public knowledge that they do show us whatever they want us to see, which leads me to believe furthermore that it was them that said okay to these things as a way of small disclosure, light disclosure. I don't know if you've noticed, ladies and gentlemen, but all of the sci-fi movies that we are seeing or have seen are slowly, some actually quickly, coming true. For example, when I was a kid, well, not a kid, when I was younger, I used to watch Star Trek The Next Generation. My favorite was when the beginning and the opening, boldly go where no man has ever gone before. And the reason it was my favorite was because I saw that spaceship in the middle of nowhere in space. And I used to think to myself, man, it would be cool to be on that spaceship. Just flying somewhere in the middle of nowhere with a bunch of people. I always liked that idea, which is why I enjoy a cruise vacation over just a getaway. But I would be amazed at other things on that show, like the way people used to talk to each other while they were on the spaceship. They would um, press a button and a screen would pop up and the other person's face was on it. And they would talk to the screen and you know, obviously it was the video, so live video basically. I thought it was the most fascinating thing in the world. Like I was, oh my God. Do you understand that a three-year-old that is born or even a child that's already five. That's their norm. They don't know any communication before that. It's, it's hard to accept. It's hard to imagine because we've known, well, I mean, hopefully most of you are older than the age of, older than the age of 25. And those of you that aren't, you guys are, you guys are the future, according to some of us. Because when I was your age, this was like not even fathomable. When I was five or six, I used to be amazed at the fact that you could point a little pistol at the screen and shoot a duck. The first time I saw Duck Hunt, I was eight, and I thought it was wizardry. Slow disclosure has been happening this entire time because sci-fi movies are coming true. The reason that they're coming true is because when they were made, this technology wasn't a figment of someone's imagination. It was a technology that they were currently working on 
to completely figure out. How did Spielberg know what a UFO would look like? What gave him the idea that it would look like a flying quote-unquote saucer? Which I don't know if anyone knows what that is. It's a small plate that gets, goes under your teacup. If you put two of them over the other, you know, looks like a UFO. Or one of them, I guess. A flying saucer. It's not a guy that makes your sauces in um, the restaurant industry. That's a saucier. Anyway, Spielberg had no way of knowing what it would look like. So you're telling me it's coincidence that he guessed exactly what, you know, come on. He saw them, but he was one of the first people, one of the first times, and one of the rarest occasions. Because you guys have to understand, there's 7 billion people on this earth. That's a lot. Have you ever seen a 1,000 people? 7 billion people, there's a whole bunch of people. And if you think of it that way, it's a big, scary place to planet. But if you've been to more than one country on this world, you'll know that every time you go somewhere new, it gets smaller the planet with my feet on the ground now I can feel how big the earth is because I've been on different sides of it and once you look at it that way it doesn't it's not big at all it's small that's why it's so overwhelming for some people to be leaders of large things because they're talking about oh my god I'm in charge of 20,000 people well if you look at it that way yeah you're going to lose your mind you can't look at it as 20,000 people you got to look at it as two people 20 people and just add a bunch of zeros which is why it's easy to hide in public if you know what you're hiding from. And easy to find someone hiding in public if they don't know what they're hiding from. So when you're asking or when you're wondering when disclosure is going to happen, understand that the fact you're comfortable right now with me talking about this with you and my grandfather would probably be hung for it if he talked about it when he was a kid. And take it a hundred years back, etc., etc. People were burned at the stake in a place called Salem for talking about this not too long ago. So, disclosure is happening as we speak. They're only disclosing what they're knowing, what they know 100% to be true. And then adding 20 years to that. The CIA is now releasing files because of the Freedom of Information Act, just like I've mentioned before. But their files are being released from 40 years ago. So everything that you're reading now happened in 1980. Now, if that happened in 1980, what else do you think happened in 1980 that we're okay with now? Everything. Everything in that CIA document that's been released, you're okay with. Because if you weren't okay with it, it wouldn't have been released understand they're slowly letting everyone know what's going on when did it start happening in the 1940s which like I said six months ago is a wet fart to a sycamore tree and a hundred years is a wet fart to someone that travels at the speed of light keep your eyes to the sky Keep your butts to the ground and keep your feet moving because it's still going to be a hell of a ride. Happy thinking. See you soon. So Ezekiel 1 reads, Lo and behold, a whirlwind from the north came and brought a cloud with lights emanating from it, and I'm paraphrasing here, that were amber. And out of, the like, out of those lights came four creatures with the likeness of man. So they weren't men, but they were likeness of men, which means they look like men. 
And then he goes on about webbed feet and, and goats and lions and, and all kinds of things, you know, wings. But that's neither here nor there. A lot of people are probably going to argue this, especially the Jesus is our Lord and Savior people, and tell me that he was talking about something else. Some people mean he was tripping on shrooms. And it doesn't really matter. I'm probably not going to listen to any of those because it is what it is. And like I said with the Vatican and here, guys, they are not going to stop and say, we were wrong, you were right. Conspiracy theorists are actually not conspiracy theorists. They're just people that are telling the truth. And we're sorry, yada, yada. They're not going to do that, ever. It's not going to happen. Forget about it. The government will never say, we don't know. They, that's it. That's their job. Their job is not just, just to know or not tell you. They're not going to say we don't know because if they say we don't know, then everyone is fucked, including the other governments that don't like this government. You know what I mean? Never show your weakness. And not knowing is definitely a weakness because knowledge is power. So if you're waiting for that, you're going to be waiting a long time. If you listen to the little clues that they're giving you, you'll know before others. If you want to dig too deep and know everything right away, you'll probably either get shot or you'll be in jail or, the best case, working for them. Because that's what happens to people that overstep their boundaries. Unless they're very good at overstepping their boundaries and they can be seen as an asset, which most people are not, that do. So, between that Ezekiel thing, which told you a long time ago, what was going on and the Bible I mean the people that print the Bible the Vatican the church whatever they're okay with that statement just like they were okay with making close encounters of the third kind somebody okays all of this and for okay they have to read it right so that's what it is you could debate whenever you want you can argue but it's going to come to a point in time where people that are going to raise up these last attempt desperate arguments they're going to, like, feed, like, you know, be feeding themselves out, weeding themselves out, sorry, rather. You know, the people that do believe in Christ as our Lord and Savior, all this stuff, they're going to have to come to terms with the fact that there's extraterrestrials, even if that day is when an extraterrestrial is walking outside with them and saying something. Like, there's gonna, what are they going to do then, you know? How far do you push coincidence before it slaps you in the face, I always say. Now, let me tell you something about yourself. Well, unless you're an alien, you already know. In which case, you could skid, sit this one out. <laughs> Something about yourself is you don't like or you can't accept that this is the way it is. You hate monotony and you hate being in the same mind frame all the time. And I hate is a strong word and I'm using that very lightly, so that's not the truth, but... A human being does not like to be in the same mindset all the time. A human being does not like monotony. And a human being is afraid of change only because they don't know what's going on. Also, a human being is what it's been taught. We are sponges. Little kids could demonstrate that by saying the F word as soon as they hear it because it's a word they've never heard before and there's a reaction to that word from the adults. You ever wonder why little kids pick up curses so quickly? It's because we treat them like curses. Like curses, like actual, I don't mean like witching, like wickenry curses, Warcraft, witchcraft I mean. Like I curse thee. So if you say apple juice in front of a kid, you're saying it like, hey, you want some apple juice? Oh, I forgot to buy the apple juice. 
Oh, uh, the apple juice this, apple juice that. When you say fuck you, you say it like apple juice, you know? A little kid who doesn't know what words mean yet, and to him or her, the sounds is all that they understand. Intonations, the way you pronounce certain things. So, hey, man, listen, next time you go out, can you please uh, pick me up a little bit of fuck you, please? That kid would never learn that curse. Because he thinks it's another apple juice. So as human beings, we are sponges just as well. We're always learning. And we're always weeding out the information we no longer need. For instance, a kid that's born today, or yesterday, 10 years from now, not, won't not only not know how to use a rotary phone, he won't know what a rotary phone is. Or why. Unless he really, really loves history. Or she. We're reading the information that we no longer use out. So people that are hell-bent on Jesus Christ say that he's our Lord and Savior and nothing that he that is against him, blah, 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 will be weeded out just like the people that know how to use rotary phones. Because the human being needs to evolve. And evolve, the human being will, whether the human being likes it or not. And if it's going to take him this lifetime to understand that and come back to the next one as a different human being that already knows how to use a rotary phone, or doesn't know, rather, and yada, 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 until they understand what the hell is actually going on. Do you understand it now? Why is reincarnation valuable? Why does it exist? And why is everything happening slowly? It's because everything is sent on a lower curve. The teacher always pr proceeds at the, after the dumbest kid in the class. You have to base your curriculum off the dumbest child in your class. I'm sorry to say it like that, but it is what it is. Some children are dumb, some children are not. Because if you base it on the smartest kid of the class, half the class, or most of the class rather, would be behind. But on the dumbest kid of the class, everyone's good. The smarter ones get to just sit it out. Wait, understand. The dumber ones have to come back over and over and over again. Human being likes altering their states of minds because children before the age of six or five know how to get high. And yes, I do mean like drugs, but they don't use drugs. They use gravity because they spin around until they can't stand up anymore and walk around all funny. That's an alteration of your mind state or playing skip the crack, or this is lava, and they imagine that the whole thing is lava. That game of imagination alters your state of mind because you believe as a child, innocently and purely, that those rocks are lava so much that it actually gets you high. It feeds the same reward centers as cocaine and chocolate, which is the same reward centers, by the way. You don't like being in the same mind state, but sometimes you've been taught to do it so much that you think that's all there is. And if you knew that about yourself, that's good. If you didn't know that about yourself, but now do, I'm glad you're with us. And if you don't believe that that's true, and I guess I'll see you on the next lap. Happy thinking, see you soon.